Last week, I tried to be a fun mom. Now I'm not normally or naturally a fun mom. And I know this. Sure, my expectations are uh, based on Pinterest. um, But I'm definitely not a Pinterest worthy mom. But me trying to grow, I was like, well, let's try something on a whim and be fun for a change. So Tuesday was a busy day for us. And I thought about how cool it would be to wind down the day with a walk at a new to us park. So we moved here in the Southwest Ohio region about two years ago, and we haven't visited all the parks. Outdoor recreation is huge here, and it's really fun, and it's just something to do. So I thought that we would go try a new to us park. Well, the idea was to kill three birds with one stone. And now that I think about it, that's probably where I went wrong. I wanted to first of all, get my walk in for the day. Um, I'm currently rehabbing pelvic floor reconstruction. And please remember the imagery or the feelings or the thoughts of that as the story unfolds. So secondly, I wanted to give the kids a break and get them out of the house to play at a playground or something new and and then they can walk with me, right? So we got some exercise going. And then thirdly, I thought it would be I could be a fun mom one night. I thought I could just go do something on a whim, okay? So the night was going great, actually. I felt I had all my balls in order. I even made homemade chicken fried rice, for crying out loud, and everyone actually liked it. After dinner, we got our shoes on, loaded up our Danif. And if you don't know what a Danif is, it is a mix between a Great Dane, and ours happens to be mixed with a Neapolitan Mastiff. So she's still a puppy. She's a little over a year old. So think about how big she is, right? And we loaded her into the trunk of the van with her harness on, and she was so excited to get to head to the park with us. Well, we get there, and I realized I had no clue the layout of this park. But again, being the fun mom, I just, okay, let's just go with it. Let's just go with it. So I was a tad nervous because of the rehab and the fact that I haven't walked more than 0.89 miles without pulling in my nether regions, let alone run. Now remember, keep this in mind. In an effort to be a fun mom, we just decided to take the walking trails as they went and stop at playground areas as we came upon them. Awesome, man, we got this. Like, uh, everything's okay. Danielle, just lay back. It's okay. Be relaxed. Come, take it as it comes, that kind of thing, okay? So Hazel, of course, had to poop as soon as she got out of the trunk. So I got poop on my finger because I forgot to grab the not all natural poop bags. Now, side note, if you have a dog who poops almost as large as a human, adult human, you don't want the bougie bags. You don't want the the green bags. You don't want something that's not going to withstand the pressure of having to pick up that. So the bags will rip and fall apart in your hands. So anyway, I got poop on my finger. I sent my oldest to throw away the poop. And when I... <laughs> And then I wiped my finger on the grass. And then I mentally took a note that, you know, okay, Danielle, don't touch your face. Don't touch the kids' faces for the duration of this walk. All right. Okay, we can do this. We can do this. So we get going and make a wrong turn. No biggie. We climbed up a hill and it led straight to an amphitheater, which was beautiful. Um, And people were running up and down the amphitheater, like, seating. Um, So I'm like, okay, no biggie. Let's, you know, let's just turn around, except it's humid, And if you haven't seen what I look like, so if you don't know what I look like in person, I don't do humidity. Um, Or should I say my genetics predispose me to instant sweat with humidity. So while I haven't even done anything but walk maybe 40 yards at this point, it looked like I just finished a hard run already. Going good. We're going good. (laughs) Okay. So we... We continue walking and we come across um, a military memorial area and we take note and read some things. We go to the firefighter memorial area and take pictures. We walk to an outdoor workout area and the kids try their hand at all the workout equipment that was there. So we keep walking across a few bridges, 
passed a pond where Hazel decided she wanted to roll in some duck poop. Do you know how hard it is to get a 120 pound plus dog to stop rolling on poop in public on a harness? Then we spy our first playground. Sweet. This mama gets a rest for a few. So I'm like, okay, Hazel and I go ahead and jump on this bench, which was elevated. I don't know how short people would have got on it, but Hazel and I sat down and we both looked super similar. She was panting hard and I was breathing a sigh of relief as the kids all played on the playground. I watched across the way as some people were playing disc golf and laughed a little at the intensity at which these people play disc golf here in our area. That's for another story, but look up disc golf. Check it out on, on YouTube, whatever. Um, it's kind of a thing here. It's very competitive. So, you know, time to move to the next playground. And we see what else is there. So we're just walking along. We see a hockey rink and there are people playing hockey with coaches, you know, so like some kind of either practice or some kind of private thing. But it was cool. There was music and we were just watching them play. And then we find some outside workout groups meeting. And then we see that there's a running group with a coach and multiple like elementary age kids working on some drills. We keep going. We see the next playground and it was huge, like three playgrounds in one size huge. Let the kids run. Fine. Hazel and I resume our positions on the next bench and the same behaviors of panting and sighing some relief. Kids are like, you know, they've checked everything out. And, you know, again, being fun, mom, I'm like, oh, look, there's another playground, maybe just 30 paces away. Okay, guys, let's go check out this next one. We start walking and we see another family at that playground. So we go ahead and pull up our masks. Now we've been using the Mission Cooler Gators. Yes, I was Instagram influenced, but they are super cool and um, it helps you like it's easier to breathe through. Anyway, we start pulling up our masks. And as I was doing that, I started asking the mom specifically if it was okay if, if we could play you know, near them. But before the rest of my words ever came out of my mouth, my kids and I and the dog started screaming. We were hit almost immediately by a nest or a swarm of yellow jackets. (sighs) Okay, none of us knew what was going on at the time. My oldest son ran away like he like just ran away. And he normally has like a deeper voice for a boy of 10 years old. But he had high pitched whales and they were gruesome. My dragon, which is what I refer to my youngest, um, I was holding his hand and I dropped him and drug him for a stretch. And then I had to get as many of the yellow jackets off of me before I could go back and get him. And like, I just, I could like, thinking about it right now, I'm just, oh, that was dramatic. So I covered him like I literally like wiped my hands up and down his body just trying to make sure that they were all off of him. And then I covered him with my own body, took some stings for him as we ran. And But my daughter was already long gone. I had let go of Hazel. Um, she was on the leash. So she wears a front harness and it's safe for us because she is so heavy. But the front harness, if she tries to pull away, it actually pulls her back toward us. I had long done let go of that leash and she was rolling and running next to my daughter and like just rolling and wailing too. So at this point, I realized what was happening. My, I had grabbed my, um, my youngest and we started running as well. And we finally get to a place where we think we're safe but then we're still getting swarmed. Men started rushing to our aid and like their eyes, if I could just, there were men of all ethnicities running for us and their eyes were all like set to kill whatever was harming us. And that was somewhat refreshing, but it also alarmed me too that this was serious because it got the attention of all the people around us. And it was a busy night at the park. 
There were women rushing to the aid of my youngest and me. And actually, I'm so grateful for the lady that just grabbed my youngest, the dragon. And she, you know, got as close as she could without getting stung. And she, you know, asked to make sure that this is really what was happening. And um, she came back with children's Advil and started dumping, you know, the proper dosage around my down my uh, dragon's mouth. She gave him some wipes and helped wipe us down. And uh, at least them, she only had one wipe, but the damage was done. We collected ourselves, screaming crying in massive pain and headed back to the car. Except remember, this was a new park and I had no idea where I was going, except for one thing. I have an excellent sense of direction. Now, don't ask the people that I went to DC with in high school about this because they would laugh, but I do have an excellent sense of internal direction. So I quickly, like just in my brain, just kind of pushed off that pain feeling the sounds of the wailing kids next to me and listened. There was an orchestra warming up when we came by, which was near our car. Like when we first got out of the car and started walking the right direction, um, they were warming up. And it was, I'm like, okay, that's close to the car. So surely by now they'd be playing. And they were. So I centered myself and I tried to remember what direction we walked in. Hint, if you are someplace new, I don't care if it's a store, an outside place, but make a circular or square path and it makes it easier to mentally return to your starting point. So we'll talk about that more in just a few. So I started the kids, you know, we all started walking in the direction I believed the van to be in when all of a sudden my oldest starts high pitched wailing again. Freaking yellow jackets had followed us. I get the yellow jacket that was stinging him. I got him killed with my hand. And then we're holding ourselves, like literally holding ourselves um, all over our body. Meaning, you know, I had to hold my the, the hand of my youngest because he was just miserable. And all we were trying to do was get to the safety of the van. We get to the van, the kids get loaded up, the dog gets loaded up, and everyone is just adrenaline is spiking. I turned the air conditioner on because you better believe I was not only out of breath, but I was so sweaty. And that adrenaline was pumping so hard um, that later when I looked at my watch, I saw my heart rate was over 177 during that time. It's kind of cool how our bodies work and respond to chaotic situations like that. Anyway, I we get the car started and I'm backing out. And of course, there was a gal backing out at the same time. I'm like, oh my gosh, of course this would happen. Like I can't, you know, like that two seconds of taking turns of someone backing out before you really matters. But I remember that distinctly like Danielle, calm down, focus, focus focus. Now remember, I had just been released to start walking after my pelvic floor reconstruction. And I was trying to focus after this dramatic situation that happened. When we started heading home, I realized, oh crap, I'm allergic to bees. What if the kids are? They've not been stung before. So we're almost home. Like while I'm thinking about this, we're almost home. We're at a stoplight. And my oldest who sits in the front seat now, he started screaming again. And I'm and I screamed back, what? And he's like, like, I can't even like replicate it. But it's like, like a high pitched thing. And like, I laugh now, but it was so frustrating and infuriating and just like, what the heck now? And he looked at me and he's like, there's another one. And kid you not, there was another yellow jacket in our van and on him. So I opened the window and thank goodness the light had turned green. I opened the window and it's like, it was just sucked out the window. Oh my gosh. So I called my husband. Did I mention that my husband had been gone for two weeks at this point? And I typically do a lot of raising the kids on my own. So I was alone. It was just the kids, the dog and me. 
Um, I called my husband because that was the next best thing for me to do. And he provided the centeredness and the focus and clarity of my next steps. And that's another takeaway from this right now is that always stay focused on the task at hand, get help from someone that will keep you focused and centered so that you can make the right next steps. We ended up not going to the emergency room because everyone seemed okay. I did get a tickle in my throat, but there was no swelling, no other anything. Um, Hazel, who's our dog, she seemed okay. When we got home, I made everyone strip in the garage before they went in the house, just in case there were more yellow jackets on us. I counted the stings on each of our bodies. My youngest, the dragon, had six. My oldest had seven. I had 17. What about my daughter, you ask? My daughter who ran away? Oh, yeah. She had none. But you know why she was scared? (laughs) You know why she was running? She thought we caught the COVID. She was petrified that she'd get the COVID because she had to ride home sitting too close to us. We couldn't six feet distance apart. Lord help me. Anyway, so she was totally fine. Like, totally fine. No bites, no nothing. I get home and I dumped Benadryl down all of our throats, including the dogs. Um, I rubbed purification essential oil all over the bites. We took our Advil and we went to bed. It was not a fun day or <laughs> not a fun night. The next morning, my youngest had no evidence of the bites on his body at all. My oldest had a few itching spots, but nothing much. Uh, Two days later, I was still feeling the pain and itch and I'm swelling, but that's okay. We're safe, we're alive, and we sure had an adventure. It's so easy to get discouraged and give in to discouragement. Like this could have been the thing to send me over the edge. The definition of discouragement is a loss of confidence or enthusiasm dispiritedness, an attempt to prevent something by showing disapproval or creating difficulties, a deterrent. I love nature and I want my kids to have a love of nature and moving their bodies. But this yellow jacket situation caused my youngest to say, I don't ever want to go to that park again. And that got me thinking about how often is it so easy to let our discouragement give us a loss of confidence or enthusiasm, take away our spiritedness and joy from something we love, or deter us from engaging in certain activities after a bad experience. For me, I could have said, this is what I get for trying to be a fun mom. I know I'm not a, a fun mom. But in all reality, this is what I get for being a fun mom. We get into inv- adventures that could be positive or negative. And I, you know, I could also be the mom or wife whose life stops just because her husband isn't home. But that's not the case. I refuse for mine or my kids' lives to stop just because my husband isn't home to join us. Things are going to happen. Yellow jackets in our life are going to happen. But it's how we prepare and how we deal with it in the aftermath that matters. So what does preparedness look like? I prepared by practicing situational awareness all my life. I'm a cop's daughter, and at any given moment, no matter where I am, I can tell you the people, the places, the locations, etc. of my surroundings because I'm constantly scanning my situation or my circumstances for ways out and possible suspect people or dangers. I prepared my kids by teaching them situational awareness too. For example, I teach them to look at exits, memorize their steps and paths. I ask them to tell me, how do we get back to the car? Or which way do you think is east? Or maybe I'll say, what are the possible dangers or dangerous people in this area that we're at right now? This actually came into play when my youngest son got told he wasn't allowed in, a, in his classroom at church. 
And um, he was actually told to go find his mom on a Sunday morning between the 1030 and noon service. Now, that may not sound like a big deal if you're in a small town or in a small church, but my church is huge. And when I say huge, the physical campus that I attend has more members and more attendees than my hometown growing up. There are tunnels in the basement that lead to the different children's and student areas that have multiple doors, exterior and interior. I'm methodical when I do things. I make a routine on purpose. The same parking area, the same route we walk and check in at church, the same path to the rooms, the same kids dropped off in the exact same first, second and last order. I take the same route to the bathroom and then the sanctuary. That Sunday morning that my youngest, who was three years old at the time, when he was told to find his mother, now please know that this situation has been remedied, there's, it's, it's handled. I followed my normal paths. I was almost to the stairwell leading to the main level, which would have then, I would have gone to the bathroom, right? And then to the sanctuary. But I was almost in the stairwell when I heard screaming. Now it's a kid's area, so don't, I didn't think too much about, you know, the screaming, but something in me made me turn around and said, I turned and started looking for where that sound was coming from. Lo and behold, it was my redheaded dragon with crocodile tears flowing down his face, but he was following my path down the tunnels, which is probably why I heard the echoes anyway, but he was following that path to come find me or find the next location where his sister would be dropped off. He found safety in a mom who was as fiery angry as his red hair because I had set that course and path he knew was safe to go through. Do I want my kids to get lost or have to use this skill? No, but the likeliness that they will have to use this skill is very high. So I want to teach them from the youngest age of all these situations. I have another story about my oldest, about teaching this idea of preparing your family and your kids for chaos and finding your focus in chaos. So I have another story about my oldest son at Costco. Costco was nearly empty at Christmas time last year, and I don't remember what what I was doing. I was probably shopping for things I didn't need. But anyway, my oldest wanted to sit there, you know, like um, in the Christmas section, there were like all these different kinds of um, Christmas presents and stuff. And there was like this arcade game and there was a stool out front of it. And so he wanted to sit there and play since nobody was there and nobody was around. It wasn't even busy. Um, I don't even think the gray hairs were there. I let him, I just let him sit there. And um, Costco is huge. If you've not been into a Costco, it is like a, it's just a warehouse. It's huge. But guess what? I intentionally shop with my kids and they know my path through each of the stores we shop at. They know if they get lost, what path to take to find me. Essentially, I'm very intentional about teaching my kids safety skills that will also work when they may be hit with yellow jackets with their kids someday too. The next thing that helped me get through this crazy experience was that I'm also very adept in response. I don't panic. In fact, there's always time to panic later. Barbara Bush has always been someone I've looked up to since I was young enough to read, or old enough, excuse me, old enough to read biographies. I'd go to the library as a young child. I remember, I don't know, most people don't go to the library anymore, do they? But I would go down those aisles and I could still to this day go back to that same childhood library and tell you like what row it was in. Um, And I would grab every book about the late former first lady. Something she always said, there was a common theme. There's time to feel later. That was a quote that I have always kept from her. And it's not that we should avoid our feelings. That's we shouldn't. But there's always time to feel later, specifically when it comes to traumatic or um, critical situation. 
And this is something I've built my life upon too. In this situation, I took the ideal of controlling what I can control, triaging the situation and making the next best step without worrying about anything more than that. Teaching my kids the same situation awareness allows them to understand how to approach emergent or traumatic situations they may find themselves in. If a three-year-old can do this in the midst of his scary situation of being alone and somewhat lost at church, a huge church, you can teach your children and yourself too. You can learn these skills. People often tell me I do too much without any help, or they'll say your kids are so well-behaved and mature. And the reason for this is that I am so intentional and methodical about everything I do. This includes raising my kids, including trying to have fun on solo hiking trips. I don't want to depend on others. I want to enjoy the presence of others and live in harmony with them, not in need. Nor do I want my kids either. In fact, the only relationship we should depend on is Jesus Christ, not need another person's presence to fix us or make the life so much better. So I want my kids to understand what independence can be. So instead of allowing the yellow jackets or other people's opinions to discourage us in the future, we will continue to make memories. We'll continue to learn lessons along the way. And you better bet that we're going to be alert and prepared during yellow jacket season. subscribe and rate this podcast at five stars. Thank you so much.